What's up, everyone? Welcome to the North Jits podcast, episode 126. This week on the show, I've got Professor Adita, Professor Mike. You may see cleaning legend Alberta walk past every night. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Academy never stops, man. Is he? He's got the coldest mustache on. I've seen in years. You That's know it. what I'm saying? It's real. <laughs> yes, it's real. I can't even grow one. It's sad. Don't tell everyone, Deese. Go Two. on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's good. I can make one. All right, so we're back. First podcast since uh, having a little summer break. So loads to catch up on. Loads going on at the academy, and um, just wanted to have fun with you guys. Yeah, man. How was your uh, summer camp? It was really good. Um, I definitely recommend for everyone to look into going next year. It's going to get announced for people to book soon. Okay. Uh, it's in Marbella, Malaga, in Spain. So it's not too far. Not, not too far. Um, you'll have lots of opportunities to book well in advance. And uh, it's really good for families. I think this year especially, it was um, there was a, uh, a lot more like families that I'd noticed. So, um, That's cool, man. That was really fun. And where was it again, for those that didn't know? It's in Marrakesh. And uh, I volunteered to teach, well, help teach all the kids' classes, which like an hour before the adult seminar started. So I just ended up taking loads of kids under my wing. And then, uh, <laughs> That's so cool. Then I'd fight. So I'd do jiu-jitsu, fight them in the mornings, and fight them all afternoon in the pool. And I'd be knackered them even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the time in the... I've never been to a GB some camp. Is there time to kind of spend some time on your own? Or, like, or yeah. are you yeah. always connected? Because I think for a lot of people, you know, you want... If you're going to spend your money on a family holiday, you want some time with your family. Yeah, like, yeah. And you mix it up. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, They run a really good balance between, like... You've got your seminar in the morning and then everything after that is just like right. you do your own thing. There's usually some kind of team activity on, but it's not like everyone goes to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we did um, the big ones where it's like we went all out into the city with our red t-shirts yeah, yeah, yeah. on, did like a bit of sightseeing. But one afternoon we just like chilled by the pool and like we played some games in the pool. And, right about. And um, you know, just little stuff like that rather than being like, right, Every hour's like routine mm-hmm. like that. It's the nice, regimented. Yeah. You've got your seminars and then the rest of the day is kind of a bit more free. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an important thing for us to remain connected to the GB community really more broadly, isn't it? Particularly my professor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to go pretty much. I think I might try and go next year. We should try and go next yeah, year. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, and it'd be great if some students came along as well. Like if we could get a whole crowd of us going down there. That'd be fine. Um, just for a week and so Going to be... Probably last week of July, I imagine, wasn't it? First week yeah, of August. Yeah, so I think Mike Burton was asked to me. I think it's it'll be like the 29th of July to like the 3rd of August, something like that, I think. Okay. Sure. So, yeah, come come to that, get booked on. It's really fun. And um, What's the cost of it, man? Or what was it this year? Yeah, it changes every year. I think uh, for me, it was, a, it was somewhere around like 1,200 euros, something like that, for the training camp, which is separate to actual accommodation so mm. it's like you get your accommodation that's like the main cost mm. and then you just pay like a bit extra to do December the days. Yeah. yeah so like yeah. if you want to bring your wife who doesn't want to do it then 
so it'll be a bit cheaper, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So the twelve hundred included the hotel and the food and everything else. All that yeah, stuff. yeah. So it's all inclusive. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice, man. So and then days. flights down to Malaga is going to be pretty cheap anyway, man. If yeah. you get them early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun, and you're just going to meet. I think the cool bit is you just meet loads of people from GB worldwide. You know, there's those guys from America there, those guys from Dubai, those guys from Russia, as you saw on the podcast. You know, so that's hot. Uh, you get to know that the the interconnectedness. Not only how that works in the academy, but how it works all over the world. And what about the seminars? What kind of things were happening? Who was teaching? It was good. I think uh, last year's was probably like some bigger names because Otavio Souza was there, mm. Flavio was there. But this year was really good. Had um, had Victor teach a really good one to start with. Had Vanessa English. Had Sebastian Gagne, who's one of the heads of like GB Europe as well. Yeah, he's, Did a he's really cool. good guard passing seminar. Uh, Andre Nunes, who's like one of the heads in GB Germany. And then we had Braulio teach the last one. Um, Nogi seminar. Better line up still, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. And if people start to factor in, like if you came to a seminar with Braulio, you came to a seminar with Victor, and they're like maybe 50, 60 quid, like you start to add all that up, mm-hmm. actually it's not bad value, right? Yeah. Um, for an intensive kind of thing. And also totally. a chance to get away. Yeah. So let, look, if anyone fancies it, Let's Just all do it together. We'll start putting the stuff out as soon as yeah, we find out. Into that. And we'll get into it. And then um, what else? The rest of the time off, we're just kind of working on content and stuff. So. Just working, man. Yeah. Yeah, I spent like, people say, oh, do you have a nice two weeks off? I was like, no, no, no. I work harder <laughs> in the summer break usually, certainly the first week. He's like, there's more happening. There's more happening. Because now I'm freed we... up to do all this stuff I yeah, can't do because of the yeah. stuff, right? So it's like getting the staff in, right? We had soaps come in because the academy manager started on the 14th of August. So. She's now landed and it's kind of just, you know, finding her feet with, with mm. everything. Um, we had all the new entranceway redone. Cool. The kind of like chronology of BJJ. It looks amazing. It's world class, isn't it? It, it looks is amazing. Class, like, it's impactful, bro. Yeah. When I, I came in, I was like, okay. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. I was expecting another mural, not a replacement of this one. I was like, oh, maybe there's a mural in there. But I didn't expect that. And it's such a clean look, man. I like it. And even the little details like Kev's had uh, a backlit light on the premium side, it just elevates it all to... Look, yeah, I noticed that when I came, I was like, myself. okay. Yeah, no, it was good. So I'm really pleased with that. And um, we go again, don't we, for another period of time? Another grind. See if we can grow again. Yeah, around next uh, next time we're having a break in, at Christmas, I've got Hodger Seminar, which we haven't really talked about on the podcast. Uh, yeah, so that was a, a big thing we announced. Well, let's down. talk about that right now. So that is for our third anniversary. So on the 5th of December, we will have opened for... Th- that was the opening day of our... That was the day of the opening day in 2020. Crazy. It? When we didn't know if anyone was going to be there and we opened the door, I was like, remember, remember walking outside, I was making nervous, like, what if there's no one at the door? Yeah. And there was like a line. A little... <sighs> like, oh, shit. Like, people actually <laughs> have heard about us. Um, and I think we'd end up signing up like 70 founder members or something before we even Around that, yeah. Um, which is huge. It's crazy to think it's been three years since that open day. Uh, feels longer to me, though. Yeah. It feels like we've been around forever. Yeah, I get I get a bit of both. Sometimes I'm like, well, it's passed like that, but at the same time, it's like so much has happened in that time, it feels like you could have filled mm. five, six years, you know? Mm. Uh, the... And what'll be cool about, I reckon by the time we hit that Hodges seminar, we'll be around 500 students. Yeah. Or about 470 now, I think. Yeah. 
So, just, like, just to put that into context for people who perhaps aren't aware of normal academy numbers, yeah. like, you were chatting to some people who owned academies uh, at the summer camp. Most academies are probably around 200 members. Yeah. yeah, it's like almost double, man. You know what I mean? Approaching double. That's ridiculous. So it'd be cool to have Hodger here, and then I think it's kind of just going to start a chain reaction where now, especially have how quickly it sold out. I think you know that's all, that's all data for us knowing like okay, because like we've done seminars before in the past, and because we use like a Google form and stuff like that, it's like we had to rely on people showing up on their day. Mm -hmm. Now we're taking payments in advance, and it's sold out like that. I think it gives us more confidence to to say. Okay, let's invite some other bigger names down, and we know we can sell it out just you know within our own membership base, and that's not even you know we definitely had people inquiring from other academies and oh, I'm friends getting, of friends. I'm getting messages most days yeah. saying, "Can you sneak me can in? Can you slide your boy in one time? Yeah." So it gives us a lot of confidence that's to exciting. book other big names uh, seminars in the future. Who would you have next? That's the big question. I don't want to jump the gun. Yeah. We were we were talking about that right now, uh, like last week or whatever was yeah. it? It's hard to call. It's hard because you have to fly someone in, man. Yeah, that's the thing because they only really um, the only really big names that come in are for Polaris, which are more modern day competitors. Nogi, whereas I think actually most of the membership base know more of the competitors of your kind of day. Yeah. Uh, who are like carried on, so it's more like some of those kind of big names and personalities in the sport that I think sell the seminars rather than we could get Owner Flanagan, like yeah. who's you know ADCC, you know British guy, like really well known, amazing leg locks, stuff like that. But I don't think many people here in the academy would necessarily resonate with that as they might do with say a Marcelo Garcia or a um, John Dana or a Dana yeah. or a Henzo Gracie or yeah. like someone who's kind of. Not necessarily as well known now, but they were kind of more of like a legend and icons, foundational. Yeah. Icons is good word for icons, it. Yeah. Also, I think some of the people who are just like big names on YouTube, like Chewy Jiu Jitsu, or like um, yeah, yeah, Chew Jitsu and stuff like that. Yeah, like I reckon they'd actually sell big seminars, even though they're not well known in terms of uh, say like world champions. They're just like so well known within mm. the community through other work they do. Well, look, if there's someone who you really want to see here at GBRL, drop us a line. Yeah, Send us sure. a WhatsApp, you know, and we'll see if we can make it happen. I think, as you, to your point there, mate, we've proven the concept here. You know, Hodge has never been to Leeds, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. This is the first time he'll have been to this city, and to come to your academy to do this seminar is, like, massive. That's cool. It's a real coup, you know, like, it, it, is. it is. And we're only able to do that because the, the size that the school is, we're able to be confident enough that we can shell out that figure because like, we don't know if anyone's going to sign up. So if it doesn't, it's cost us thousands and thousands of pounds. Mm. But we're confident enough to be able to do that because of our membership. So like, tell us what you want to see next one. We'll bring him in. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the cool things about it is I've joked with some of the members because because we put it at such a low price because we weren't trying to make any money from it. We're just trying to... Yeah. Uh, you know, we're probably all, we'll probably make a small loss on it or just about scratch the, scratch the cost. But um, I wanted to do that as it's, a, it's like a birthday celebration for for all of us. So we wanted to facilitate that. But it kind of meant that if um, if there was a if there was a Wiley member out there, they might have bought 10, 15 tickets <laughs> and uh, scalped them. Don't be giving them any ideas. Don't be giving them any ideas. That's hilarious. Resell for 100 each. That's hilarious. People would have taken them. Yeah. 
That's good though, eh? That's good. So I'm excited about that. What else we got coming up, man? We got so soaps has come in. That's good. You'll have seen this some um, the new meet the team board. So um, we wanted to be. That was awesome. feedback from like a quarterly MOT we did it like a year ago. That said, it'd be better to be more clear about who does what. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've got new contact details for Nicola, for Way, for Soaps. Um, That's really there. good. And we've That's celebrated really Johnny in there and all yeah. that. So and everyone else like behind the scenes because a lot of you guys will come in and train on a night. You don't realize Alberto's in here five days a week, two hours a day. That's right. Cleaning this place, making make a place spotless. Like no one else does that, man. Like no one's got that cleaning protocol in jujitsu. Like they just haven't. But it keeps the the standard of our academy at the pinnacle, at the apex of yeah. what people can expect yeah. from BJJ. Yeah. No question. And the and the new photos and stuff around here too. Like just the in photos general, looking good. Um, still more to add on that. And okay. um, and yeah, in the future, we're talking already about. Do we put more classes on? Do we put a mid-morning class on? How's that going to work? Do we put more another tiny champions on? There's there's a lot of stuff coming, eh? So it's an exciting time. We used to say a lot. Um, I think it was after uh, the Carlos Lemos podcast we did. It was like where he was saying like Carlos Gracie Jr. Would just always say like it's just the beginning, man. It's just the beginning. And he'd be like 10 years in. It's like, just yeah. the beginning, man. <laughs> it's like, you see, it's like that GBR. I was just like, this is just the start. This is just like, the beginning. It's all still coming. But I think it, we've, we talk about it within the kind of the inner circle of staff, um, which again, the team's growing out, which is great. Like, it, it is, with soaps coming in, that infrastructure that we're investing in around the business, that will provide a platform for us to go again. That, and I think that's where we feel, or certainly like we feel like we're at. We're almost 500 members. Let's get above 500 members and be the largest if, or one of the largest yeah. GB schools in the UK yeah. consolidated. And it's like, what do we do next? You know, I'd like to bring in a kid's holiday camp for next year. Lit. So for some of the weeks in the six weeks holidays, kids can come in, do jiu-jitsu, hang out, do yoga, learn chess, like whatever you want to do. That's what I'm saying. That would be pretty cool. And again, that's next level. Like no one's doing that. No, dude. So we've got a chance to really kind of pave the way for what... Um, Jiu-Jitsu actually looks like. And what the experiences can be, right? Cultivating like a higher threshold of what the experiences are for the kids and the adults and the families, right? That's awesome. I suppose that's a nice segue into what I wanted to talk about today, which was um, the community aspect of Jiu-Jitsu. And it's something that we talk a lot about. Like we, we're always saying, we're a community first project, all this kind of stuff. Like that, that's, it's our DNA, right? But I think it's worth just reflecting on it and talking specifically about it. I know you've talked to um, Drysdale, uh, mm. Drysdale recently. We had a podcast with Robert Drysdale. And um, as jiu-jitsu in our city and across the world continues to grow, th there will be a natural splintering of groups and communities. And someone will go and start their own thing and put the flag in the sand and say, mm. come to me. Mm -hmm. I'm, now, I'm the best leg locker in the city. Come mm -hmm. learn my leg locks. Or I'm this and come and learn this. And it's, that's great. Like if you, that's what you want specifically, then you should absolutely go and do that kind of stuff. But my concern is that as that splinters, and this is what Robert Drazel talked about, as it kind of fractures out, and the sub, and he was talking specifically about the sub grappling movement. Like, are we in danger of losing one of the key things that jiu-jitsu gives us, which is the kind of martial arts um, and the community side of it, because Coming up in the time that we came up, that was what counted. Like, competitions were there, but it was about being that martial artist, yeah. training hard, being a good person, building relationships. 
And I can tell you from, and the reason I want to talk about it, like when you receive your black belt and you've been training for six, ten eight, years, 10, yeah. 20 years, whatever, the thing you will reflect on is the people that you did it with and the friendships along the way. That is honestly the only thing that you care about. No one gives a shit about your medals. Like, no one cares. No one. Or how many people you tapped or, like, what you did. You can't even count. You can't even count how many times you tapped. No. With the exception of someone who is a competitor, who like, right. wants to be world level. Like, if, if you want to do that, that's a bit different. You've got to be really selfish about it mm. and go find out the best training partners, best instructors mm. in the world. But if you're a hobbyist in jiu-jitsu, like, it's really important to be thinking about that now. Mm. I think even even if you are wanting to do like the highest level competition, we spoke about on the podcast many episodes ago, uh, Kyle Terra, yeah, more, more than 10-time world champion yeah. between Gi and Nogi. Yeah. Absolute legend. Put a, put a post out saying more than the success he's had in competition, like by far he values the friendships he's made along the way. Yeah. And like that's a ten time world champion. That's like the highest like there's there's like maybe Bushesher, I think, has had yeah. more world championships than, than Kyotera. Yeah. But it's like but he would get rid of all of his medals for the to keep the friendships he's he made along that journey. So it's like if he's saying it and he out of all the success he's had and the zero point zero 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 one percent of people that might possibly get be able to get to anywhere near he's still saying that's something that we can all do, which is build the friendships and the community and the, the long-lasting bonds between be, between us is more important than going out to, than, than reaching the pinnacle of success. So, you know, I, I think that's very inspiring for, for all of us because it doesn't matter if you're 40 years old and starting jiu-jitsu, like the, big, the best thing you can get from the sport, like you could literally go win a world championship. The guy who's... Um, the guy who's 40 can still get the better thing from it. Like, I didn't explain that very well. You could be 16 yeah. years old and yeah. go and win a world championship and the guy who's 40 and thinking, well, I might not, not as well train jiu-jitsu because I'll never be a world championship champion. I didn't mm -hmm. start young enough. No, no, you missed the, missed the whole point. The whole point was to to build those friendships, that community, because none of us are very good at jiu-jitsu anyway. It's, like, <laughs> it's, like, well, it's, it's the differentiation between success and what that looks like and fulfillment. Like, Ooh. fulfillment. Is the thing that you're looking for. Mm. And I would say that's it, certainly in my view, what life's about, right? It's about yeah. the connections. Having been alone for so long yeah. in the ocean, like yeah. you know, I know for a fact the only <laughs> thing that matters is people. Because yeah. the human condition needs to connect. Mm. So yeah, it's interesting. When we come up for jiu-jitsu, probably missed you a little bit, mate, probably time-wise, but there used to be a word crayonge, like Whoa. traitor. You don't like want if, to be the crayons, not in, you moved, in those days. If you moved school, because I think back then, and I'm not saying that's right, we can right. talk about that in a moment, <laughs> right. but back back then, it was quite tribal and your team mattered because there was only a couple of teams, like two teams in the city. Yeah. You were Joycey Baja or you were whatever combat-based, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, one in yeah. Yorkshire. And so you want to, and if, you, if someone left Gracie Baja to go train there, it'd be like, you'd never speak to them ever again. It was, it was a big deal. And, and you know, what was a lot of that really rooted in? Because I'm sure a lot of people are like, that doesn't make any sense. It's just jujitsu. But like, for instance, like back in the day at House, there was like Half, there was a Claudio Franza who was down by Santa Cruz. That was a drive. That was like an hour and a half. And then there was like Caesar. Those are like the main three that I remember back in the day, right? <clears throat> and so <clears throat> the idea was, if we're training as a team, 
we're working together. Remember, this is pre-YouTube, so it's important that you understand. If another school had a move, yeah. you didn't know what it was. Like, what do they got? They got this crazy thing they do from the bottom now, and you end up in a leg lock. Oh, for real? So like when you looked across the mat, like you didn't know what it was and you wouldn't see even what it might be if they didn't try it, right, in the competition. So if someone leaves the team and goes there, now that's all of your techniques. What are your training regimen? How are you building your philosophy? Da, 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 da. And so the word crayonch, even though it technically means traitor, it was based on uh, uh, a soap opera villain who was always shady and his name was crayonch. And so Carlson would be like, that guy's a crayonch, right? Because he's coming in, you know, messing up the vibe, causing problems. Um, and so there was that. I think on top of that or below it, somewhere woven in between is the old idealized samurai, you know, army mentality that we're a squad and you, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't betray the squad. And so that was, that was a big deal. It was a big deal in those days. But like you said, times have changed. And like, I think internally there's a, there's a value in that mindset, you know, for, 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 for sticking with your team. But I can also say in these modern times, life is real. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes you gotta move. Yep. Right. Sometimes. Right. And you can't, you can't stay with the team that you had because they don't even have that team where you land. Right. And so, um, those kinds of things happen, but you know, um, I think there are other ways that people in jiu-jitsu today in pursuit of, of uh, less important things than community, they, they can kind of, it, it is, it, there can be like smaller or lesser betrayals of the team, but I think sometimes they betray themselves in pursuit of an Abu Dhabi or a, or, or a world championship that if they were more rational about where they are, how much they're training and what they're doing, like, you know, not that you're not going to get there, but it's a slim thing, man. It's a slim thing. And at the end, I'm so grateful for everybody that I trained with. At the end, I'm so grateful for the people who talked with me when I was injured. You know what I'm saying? I'm so grateful for all the people who, uh, you know, looked out, showed me an extra move, you know, called me up to remind me about something to keep me focused. It's priceless. Yeah. I mean, we don't see, if someone leaves our account, we don't see it nowadays as a betrayal. Yeah. But I just yeah. think... There's a, I'm always, t and, it's, and this is not me with the kind of business hat on, because it's not about numbers because we're growing anyway. Right. It's, there's like, a, there's an inner sadness to it. Like, what if they just stayed as part of the team? Like, because I think, and we've said this a lot, we say it a lot at seminars, I, I certainly do, like a broken record, but like, I, one day, hopefully, there'll be 20 black belts, homegrown black belts within the team. And this place will become, I think, in the future, for most people, most members, a club that you, for sure. you pay to come train with your mates, like because you're all black belts and you're all just sharing information. Mm -hmm. and it's not like really teacher or anything like that. They'll be for mm -hmm. the, the newer people, but there'll be that community of people. That's going to be magic, man, because no one else has that. And it, it was unique how GBL started. GBL started because pretty much everyone who started was at the same level, brand new, weren't they? Yeah. Most schools have been established for a while. You have someone who's been training five years, three years. Mm. Everyone started at the same time, post-COVID. And so there's this big peer group. And that could be magic one day, man. Yeah. I think it's interesting, the uh, the current stuff. I think, like, um, in Drysdale's new book and your podcast, it probably goes right back to when uh, the Gracie family starts to split. 
and you've got Carlson over here mm-hmm. and the Elio kind of lineage over here and they're competing all the time and then Carlos Gracie Jr. starts Gracie Baja and he's always competing with the Carlson guys then Alliance forms and then Gracie Baja and Alliance are fine. then Atos forms it's like it keeps they keep butting heads I think back in the day it was probably more of like a fixed mindset as well where they were like oh the uh, like you say our secret techniques or it's just like there's only so many students that will want to do jiu-jitsu so if they leave that's that's like that a piece of the pie is being left from me. Now I think most schools realize like the, the there's such a big pool to draw from in terms of students. It's not about him taking students from my academy or me taking students from your academy. It's about let's all try and educate the wider population about what jujitsu is because ninety five percent of people still think we're doing karate. Like, yeah, no, I've always agreed with that, man. I remember having conversation with guys literally like almost 20 years ago. And like one person goes from here to this academy to the other. And I would be like, who cares? There's a million people in this city that still don't know the sport exists. Like they don't know. So if we can get one of them and build their potential, the guy who left, like they just, they won't matter. You know what I mean? And, they and won't. And to your, to your point, Mike, I think the real sadness now is, I remember the, the time I almost felt most sad about someone leaving. It's two brothers, you might remember Zach and Ibrahim Shabir. Young, young kids, they were probably, Zach was just about going into the yeah, yeah. juniors and teens program and Ibi was kind of getting ready to move into LC2. And they just, and they were really good. They were really good. They've been with us for a long time. They are like a really like fun person, personalities. Mm. They were good at jiu-jitsu, quiet, like quiet. They weren't like super boisterous. They were just yeah. like quite got on with it. Like, but we could have some fun too. I remember, um, Sarah Brown at the time telling me that their mum put the cancellation. I was like, no way. Because I just never thought like those guys would leave. They were just so invested in the programs. Yeah. And I'd like, I had to ring them up. I was like, what's happening? They can't leave. Like, <laughs> they're so good at jujitsu. I love having them here. Like, yeah. don't go. And like, what's going on? It's like, oh, it's just like, they're really busy. They want to do football. I'm like, football? <laughs> <laughs> don't get me new football, right? Just stay with jujitsu. They're really good at it. They have a great time here. And. They eventually didn't didn't um, come back, but yeah. I still think about them now, you know? So it's like, we, and my point is, and I've got a really good analogy here, is like, you don't realize how much your instructors care about you. And I didn't realize that for a long time, mm. but I knew it was there a little bit because there was a time in GB Harrogate when you, Jeff, uh, Lewis, and Tom Harris were on the mats, and that's, you know, four black belts, and there's probably about eight people, <laughs> eight people in the yeah, class. That's half the class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Tom Harris is, you know, he, uh, you guys would like to talk for a little while. And Tom Harris uh, was at the front of class and he was saying, you guys will never understand uh, how much we think about you guys outside of the academy. So it's like when he was saying, you know, from him, when me and Lewis uh, chatting outside the academy, we would talk about how, I can't believe, you know, Jim pulled that thing off yesterday. He's, he's really improving, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing so good. I really like his guard passing or something like that. And I don't think until you become an instructor, you can really understand like how much those people care about you. Me and you were talking, I'm trying to put together a list for the back of the door oh here my gosh. to remind myself of like how to deliver a good class. Like right before I leave, it's like, okay, these are the things we actually care about. And it goes back to um, Arcane Daniels podcast. who's a strength and conditioning coach for a lot of rugby league, for, for he has been for a lot of rugby league teams. And he was always saying, you know, they don't care how much you know until you know how much you care mm. uh, until they know how much you care and like so we care about you guys like so much 
like you won't understand it until you maybe hopefully one day become an instructor. So then when someone decides to leave because for what you know for football or something like that it, like mm -hmm. it breaks your heart a little bit inside little because you're like, you've invested so much of yourself into that person totally and you, you so much of you have been invested into them to want to see them succeed and you see their growth and then if it just gets kind of thrown away for something like football or whatever it yeah, is yeah, yeah. it's just like oh, it no. does it feels it, it, it feels it does feel like you like it's like someone breaking up with you it is yeah it's like a, it's <laughs> I, like a real breakup it's I bet true. as well there's times well there's no doubt there's times where our students will not feel that we care because they'll feel pressure mm. being harsh on them or whatever mm. i saw uh, shanji ibero talking to his students because uh, shanji's um well the Hibero brothers if everyone knows like they're legit they've been around for a long time Quite, Saulo was always the kind of like mean one. Yeah, yeah, Shanji, yeah. But apparently, Shanji in his academy is quite like brutal with his students. Mm. Like, he's quite. He's nasty. pretty serious. But he stood in front of him and basically said, Have you seen it? No. He was like, Listen, I've got to tell you guys, I only do that because I love you so much. Mm. I just want you to be the best. And so sometimes I might take my frustrations out mm. on you because I've seen you do something that I've asked you not to do. But that's not because I'm being a dick. Like, I yeah. just genuinely love you and I want you the best. And so sometimes it might, you know, we're always going to. Um, try to make people feel that love, but occasionally in class you might walk away and say, that wasn't a great class, or yeah, coach yeah, yeah. didn't think I did that very well, or professor might pull me off on this. Yeah. Deep down, you just got to know that, to your point, like we absolutely care about every single student and your development. Well, you know, I'm not a parent, but I'm sure the parents out there will resonate with that, like sometimes showing like you care for someone isn't always just being like, yeah, you did great, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Sometimes it's the tough love as well, isn't it? Um powerful so yeah that's uh that's my yeah. thoughts on the topic i think it's just good to uh just to talk about it and, yeah it's um, important. just to remind people because you know we've got when we talk about we'll talk about competition in a moment like we've um we've still got a fantastic level of competition in this team like you said you went to the summer camp and a lot of the roles you have many much more experienced students were not as challenging as the roles you've got here mm -hmm. and i think that is true and i think that is because of that peer group and everyone's moving, trying to like raise the bar yo. everyone's everybody getting, and so you have to get better every day because otherwise you're gonna get left behind <laughs> unquestionably um, so that that's that's fantastic i certainly feel my i think my jiu-jitsu started to improve again for a long time i thought i was quite stagnant teaching a lot teaching a lot, teaching a lot. now i'm trying to roll four or five hours a week it's definitely upticked again. So I'm just, my movement's cleaner. I can see new things. Yeah. And that's lovely. That's because of the students. They're making me better. Cyborg yeah. was world champion, rolling with blue belts. It's yeah. like, you can do it. Yeah. You just got to have that growth mindset yourself. No, it's real. Um, on the competition front, so we had um, a bunch of students compete for the first time this last weekend at the Dunn Open, which was amazing. So we had Sophie Gills. She uh, was really nervous before. It's her first competition at Blue Belt. Uh, you know, Am I going to be able to hang in the blue belt? She yeah, was she, so nervous. She took gold. I'm not surprised. I said to her on the Thursday, I said, listen, you're going to win. I don't think she got scored. I don't think one point was scored on her. I don't think so. There was a moment in the class uh, a few days before uh, that she was rolling with, um, with the blue belt guy and he tried to bridge into, she'd passed his guard, which is mm. good in mm. itself. Then he tried to bridge into her to escape and she instantly stepped him out with the arm controlled. And it was like that timing and that instinctual understanding of his hips have opened up. And so my next move is this, is like so good. And I just, I knew, I just said, you're too good. I you, wasn't worried about her at all. Like we were, we were standing in the bullpen 
And and I came in probably about 15 minutes before she went on. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll corner you. Don't worry about it. And then like uh, we were standing there and her opponent was to the right. And you could see like she was like, you know, because you, you have to ask yourself, do I really have it? I think I have it. I did the exercise, did the diet, but do I have it? Because it's happening now. And, um, you know, in those moments, you got to just, it, it's not even that you give any like big speeches. You just kind of remind them that they that they do have it, that they're fine, that, you know, nothing unusual is happening. And man, and things started and like her, her clarity of purpose was... Uh, was really on man it was really on and the most impressive thing was and i told her this yesterday it was that when she tried to move and it failed she would just reset and try it again and it failed and i think what she wanted to do on the path because i knew what she was looking for the entire time so i was letting her know you're good you know duh, duh, duh. and then like she tried it three or four times and then that last time once it worked after that point of the match it was it was all uphill it was it was just yeah. it was easy for her and she finished with the with a cross choke from the mount, and it was uh, and several times the person almost bridged her out, and she would always find a way just to keep that half a centimeter that would keep her, you know. And she'd reset. It was it was it was amazing. And then after she won, she was still trembling like I don't even. It hadn't registered that she had. Uh, I mean, I knew she knew she won, but her body was still, yeah, you know. Sure. So she'd compete against Holly from. Uh, GB Harrogate. So, and Holly's been training for a long She's time. Good. She's a good competitor as well. So yeah. that was great. We had a few guys who competed for the first time. Well, Sweet as well competed for the first time. She did really well. Yeah. I know that was a big deal for her to go out and and, and test herself. So well done, Sweet. Sean won gold, dominated. Graham won gold, dominated. You know, it's fantastic to see this, that kind of next generation of competitors from GB going Start out there. Start to emerge. And emerge, yeah. And then we had the, the kids from the Gaunt family. So Joey, Henry, and Sienna went and competed as well. Um, and they had a tough time. But I think the realisation there for them was that there are some kids who are savages. Like yep. they are competitive kids and they're training MMA and they're just good yep. kids. And there's a difference there between your hobbyist and... There's also a lot, of, a lot of sandbagging that goes in the, in the kids' uh, yeah. divisions. It's just, true. Just because like, you know... So what's sandbagging for those that don't know? So you held at a certain belt level so you can um, win more competitions because you're maybe more experienced than the rest of your competitors. Yeah. It tends to be like time brackets, don't they? Yeah. And, um, you know, especially at the kids level, I think grey belt is one of the most difficult belts because it's, you know, you can get a grey, you can enter the grey belt division within about six months of starting, but the grey belt division spans about three years-ish. Mm. So you could be, you could just got your grey and white belt and go against someone who's been training for three and a half years, you know, like. And competing. Yeah, yeah, so you could, like, their, their training time is, you know, 4X your training mm. time. And then if you get someone who sandbags on top of that, mm. they've been training for seven years, <laughs> it's like, yeah. But just a good, yeah. just a good again to just go do it and like experience it and, and as a family. And so well done to the Gordon family for doing really that. Really proud of them. It was it was it was really inspirational, man. And it's a good warm up for the Empire in September. Big so, team going to that. Yeah, we've got a lot team. of guys going over there. We'll what? have to figure out what we're doing in the academy, man. We can get some cover, or we can I'll probably close there. I wanted to close it, yeah, just to support people there. So that's good. There's a lot of kids competing as well. There's um, there's a there's a few. I don't think there's like as maybe as many as before, but um, mm. there's certainly 
way more adults. Mm. We should probably push another message out, I think. Yeah. So G Gabriel is uh, my son, and that's good. And, um, and yes, yeah, so if you fancy it, like first run out, or even if you're not sure, it's a good opportunity to come down and watch, support the team, and see. experience a comp. I think that's yeah. real important. The feel of it, yeah. For, 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 for things like jujitsu, especially, uh, if you're thinking about competing or if you're just thinking about doing the sport, like I want to do it, let me see. Come to a jujitsu tournament and you'll wish you were in the tournament. You'll wish because it's so fun. Even though, of course, our team's here, there's team there, there's two or three teams over there. Everybody's so nice to each other. Everybody's so excited because the sport and the art mean that much to everybody and the families that come out. You know what I mean? It's it's unusual and, and you, yeah. you'll have a good time. Well, I, I agree with that. I think don't let, oh, I'm going to come watch this competition so I can do the next one be the excuse for the reason you don't do this one. Like, right. Like, it's a nice to have, but don't let it hold you back from just being like, right, I'm going to dive in feet first. Because, well, that, that's why I was yeah. really like proud of what Sophie did. And, and Lauren, when she competed, was the same. It's like, when you get given your blue belt, there's a temptation to say, well, on the gray belt thing, someone could have been a blue belt for two and a half, three years already on top of me. And so I'll wait and I'll just get better. Yeah, you're not going to fucking get better. Like, you're where you're supposed to be. So just, just get in, in there and just see. See what's up. Yeah. And you might surprise yourself. And so much of the results, despite all of the training and everything else, are, are so much of a any given Sunday type of thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, two people can go. It can be razor close. Or someone, it can be razor close. And someone can just make one mistake. And that's the reason they don't get the points. Or that's the reason they got subbed or whatever. But the very next day, if they rolled, could have been totally different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like you have to enjoy just the experience of doing it because it could be your Sunday. It could really be your Sunday. If you've trained, if you've practiced, if you've dieted, if you're focused, it could really be your Sunday. And if it's not, that's cool too because it's still crazy. And like, the, you know, like if I think of all the tournaments I've won and all the tournaments I've lost, uh, I don't regret any of them. Like I never go, yeah, I probably shouldn't have competed. It's never happened. I could say, yeah, I probably should have worked my takedowns better, mm. right? I should have uh, I should have been more focused in that moment or I cut too much weight and my brain wasn't really on my functional thing. But so, I don't people, regret I don't regret any comp yeah. I've ever done, ever. I think some people some people perform better in the academy than they do in competition, and some people perform better in competition than they do in the academy. Two people come to mind at different ends of the spectrum for that. I remember Aaron Rafter would kind of, you know, have even roles or he might get beat a lot in the academy. But then on his first competition, like competition, Adam smoking people came out and uh, he was against a lot of other people he would roll with in the academy, but he won the whole whole division as well. So, you know, he kind of wrote, some people will rise to that occasion and that might be you. And then there's some people who probably already know, like Ollie Goss comes to mind, like he's already come from a competitive background mm. and you can see I remember watching I think it's actually the one that you think that pictures are about I remember him blue belt division and he was uh, winning for a little bit of the round and then he just started to lose and he was getting really kind of deep and time's going mm. I think one of us just called out the time to him and competition mode all he switched on and you just saw him <laughs> like he's like okay and then like he pulled it out of the bag but it's like he, he had you know he got into that different level of ability to compete um, and some people just have that in them some people you might need to go to many competitions to build mm. that within yourself. And it's just another way you can use Jiu-Jitsu as a tool for development. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we all need that extra gear. You know what I mean? In life, we, we, we all there's all gonna be there's gonna be that moment we all face where we're up against it and the chips are down and it's looking unlikely you're gonna pull through. You lose your job, Ooh. your wife leaves you, like Ooh. whatever. You need to have that that inner inner reserve. Yeah. That can only come through setting yourself a goal, going achieving it. Setting yourself another goal slightly bigger, go on achieving it. So I call about the wall of evidence. Mm -hmm. So every time you do something like that, you put another brick in the wall. Mm -hmm. This wall gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So when you're in the middle of the ocean, it's dark, waves are crashing in, you're about to capsize. You can look behind you in this invisible wall. You're like, oh shit, no, I can do this. Yeah. I can survive this. Yeah. Um, it's so important. And competition is going to give you um, loads of opportunity for growth. I think one of the interesting things that competition gives you uh, whether you win or lose, no matter what happens, you tap somebody out or you get tapped out, you are introduced through competition to different versions of yourself through the practices, through the comp day, how you feel after. You get introduced to different versions of yourself that you couldn't have seen if you stayed on the sidelines. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just for that. Like, it's really not, I mean, like, it's easy to say late in the game, yeah, it's not about the medals, but like, it's really not. You'll find aspects of yourself that are amazing and you'll showcase spontaneously uh, mindsets and abilities that you didn't think were possible just because you chose to try. I think a big thing for people is understanding the, uh, the kind of the price of failure probably isn't as high as they make it in their own heads because you know, they, they might be like, I, I wanna go compete, but I'm worried like, I wanna get beat really quick in the first minute and I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna be embarrassed in front of Mike and T and Professor Adisa right, right. and everyone else, and everyone's gonna think I'm rubbish at jujitsu, and I don't want to be found out. And yeah, people have these thoughts. Especially you think about the guys who, let's say, um, Frosty or Farouk or Kevin, when they they might go compete, or if me and you go compete, like the extra pressure of like, okay, the instructor, the person who's probably winning like most of the rounds in the academy, a lot of people will be like, oh well, obviously. He's gonna win the rounds in the competition because I've never even seen him lose a round, right? <laughs> um, like understanding that you know what, like if you lose, like no one cares. It's fine. Like, everyone still likes you. Like everyone yeah. still respects you, jujitsu. Yeah. Like no one thinks less of you. If anything, they just think more of you. I remember when Professor Khalil went out and competed recently, and he um, he lost and he got straight ankle lock or something like. In, but in both his matches, I wasn't thinking. Professor Khalil's shit jiu-jitsu. Yeah, because you know. <laughs> I was thinking, damn, man, Professor Khalil is well cool, man. He's like putting it on the line. like in front I of was, students, I couldn't you know? do nothing but salute him when I saw yeah. him. You know what I mean? And 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 it's real. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to watch people, you know, find that courage, find that determination, plan to go out and go after it. It's just, it's great. I'd like to see us one day maybe take a team down to the British or the English Open again, you know? That'd be quite cool. So he actually was, yesterday was saying that she would like to go down to the... English Open this year, like you can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, maybe like next year we might bring a, a big team now. Squad, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe even Europeans one. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? It's Dude, like don't start playing. Dude, don't. That... I'll get the slow trembling tear right here. Don't do it. <laughs> but it'd be good, wouldn't it? Like to take everyone out and just to experience like a yeah. proper big IBGF tournament. I would again, love that's that. The next level. I've never competed at like that. I would that love that size. I would love that. I think it takes quite a lot of planning because I think you need a certain amount of points now to enter your. Oh, you're right, huh? Do you, so yeah, I got to get in the mix just to get in the mix. Yes, you might need to go to a few IBGF comps just to get just to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have changed it. Wow, interesting. That's no, great. What else, man? What's going on? Closing it up. Me and Adisa are moving house. That's right. 
That's right. I mean, let's get the important shit out of there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if... Um, oh, you're looking for furniture. That's yeah, why you mentioned it. <laughs> you're going to need furniture. You're about Couches, to show out. Dressers. Um, you know, these will take... Chairs. Yeah. That's knives, right. That's right. <laughs> Chopsticks, paper plates. We need it all. No, it's awesome. It's there really will be someone who's open, about to put us yeah. a lot of shit in a tip as yeah. well. So like... Open chat Feb uh, February, September the 14th. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the open um, chat's happening September 14th, so that's good. That's an opportunity, if you've not heard of that before, just to come. It's going to be after, it's on a Thursday after training. So people tend to bring a little bit of food in and you can just like do your roles, come in, have some food with people hang. or not train, just come in and have a hangout. Um, just an opportunity for us to... And you're going to see more and more of these um, opportunities for us to come together as a community. Going back to what we were saying, you know, that's what we stand for, right? Like our USP as an academy is our community. Mm -hmm. And so we've mm -hmm. just signed up and paid for uh, the Round Asians fireworks night again. Ooh. So that's happening on the 4th of November. We'll get, there's only a thousand tickets and they cancelled the fireworks for the council because they couldn't afford it. Oh, really? 80,000 people just go to that. Oh, they fucking cancelled it. So there's a thousand tickets for the Round Asians Fireworks Night. We're guaranteed 200 of those hey. at a discounted rate for our community. So that's amazing. We sponsored Round Asians First Team this year. So if you're down there, you'll see our big banner and we're on the shirt. Same for Round FC. So again, giving back. Uh, the DFib got used. Yeah, Let's mention that. Yeah, yeah. The DFib got used. So the thing we all fundraised for while I was away, um, we purchased the DFib for outside. It got Someone used? Someone had a heart attack and they used it. Don't make me cry on this. Yeah, we need to find out if they lived or died, but hopefully they, they survived yeah. it. But but just the fact that the tool was there when they needed it. So cool, isn't it? So anyone who played a part in that, like you've got to give you yourself already, a part on the your back. Your karma has already expanded totally saved someone's life, mm. yeah. That's just that's beautiful, man. Because I remember when, when y'all was putting it in and I was like, that's a great idea. Like, yeah. you know. Well, we thought maybe one day someone might have a heart attack on the map and we'd kind of mm -hmm. need it. Need it here. But the whole yeah. idea of putting it outside the building is that it's it for everyone. one of the oldest members in the team. Thanks in advance. I think it's easy to look over that. Like, oh yeah, GBRL puts in a, a DFib. That makes sense. But think about all the businesses that are on Street Lane that could have done that. Mm. That didn't. Sainsbury's mm. brand. Mm. All the different solicitors and yeah. law firms and stuff like that. You know, uh, we'll be making good money. Like any one of them could have done it co-op, but at the end of the day, it got used, and it was our community that that that's played, beautiful, that made man. sure it was on on this street. And that's how jujitsu helps, yeah. in quiet but very important ways. Yeah, you know. I think I was actually listening, this morning. I was listening to one of Jocko's um, like uh, underground podcasts where he just talks more about general topics rather than. Mm. Having some veteran who got the Medal of Honor or something. Yeah. In, uh, so you were in the foxhole and, and it was yeah. 0300. I was knee deep in the Let's go pins. through it. <laughs> uh, and you're just talking about like the difference between saying uh, saying things like, oh, saying I'm going to go run a marathon and then just being the thing. So it's like we could have talked about how we helped the community and we could talk about it all day, but what are we actually just doing to, what are we actually doing and do, do to, you know, live up to our words. And, and these are the things like that. And there's so many more things that we don't to always talk about. Like um, many people at the academy might not know that we um, help out with um, some Ukrainian like refugee family who's, uh, we support their training here. Mike yesterday's, um, we're paying for someone to go to the next 45 retreat. 
uh, to help with their maybe any if they're struggling with, with their family life like there's always something going on where we're trying to give back and it's not me and Mike giving back it's it's the investment that you guys make in in the academy through your continued training here and your support that we can then give back into the community kind of through our lens but um ultimately what we all do yeah fantastic man it's a good way to end, isn't it? Yeah, man. Positive note. This is great. Thank you for being part of it. Yeah, Thanks man. for being part always, of the journey. Man. Always, always, always. And uh, thank you to everyone else who's listening as well, who's part of our community. Uh, one thing you can do, um, if you're wondering how you can give back, is to just share jiu-jitsu with someone you care about, man. Like, to, to the point we make, most people still don't know what the hell Brazilian jiu-jitsu is. Mm -hmm. If you know how good it is for you, then, you know, bring someone down for a trial class and yeah. give them the opportunity to experience jiu-jitsu. And, you know, you might just change their life as well. So Absolutely. think about that. Absolutely. Till next time, guys. Us.